Hello, welcome to the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at vkcwest.com. In the series that we're going through, we're in the second week. And so today we're going to talk about physical. So our physical health, okay? And so um, for these during the 50 days, we're looking at seven key areas. And uh, the key areas are, um, are spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, relational, financial, and vocational. And I think the key thing is, is that as we go through this to remember is, is that is that God is interested like in our, in our, like every area of our life, like he's tangible. He's not just an ethereal idea, but he's a person. And he wants to bring, like when you hear of eternal life, it's a quality of life. So the quality of life raises in every key area of your life. It's not just about what happens when you die. It's about experiencing better transformed life now. And so our key verse for this series is actually Romans 12 verse two. And it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so this whole idea of being transformed by your mind, because you can never change your life until you change the way you think. And so that's what we're doing. We're looking at the way we think about all these different ideas. And so, uh, some key ideas to consider as we continue on this journey together. Uh, I mentioned last week, the most important part is that you would find one other person at least to, to talk through these things with, uh, to go through the questions in the booklet with, and they can live anywhere in the world. Uh, you can join one of the groups that's happening. Um, if, if that's you, mark it on a card or go to the transform table and we'll get you hooked up with some other people that are meeting. Um, and, but grab another person to walk through this with. Uh, two's better than one. Uh, and then also to um, last week, we talked about spiritual, right? And the idea was, is that spiritual influences all the other areas. So if I'm close to God, then I'm able to show up at work better, my vocation. You know, if I'm close to God, then my relationships are going to be better because I'm not putting expectations on somebody else to meet my needs. God's meeting my needs. And, but if I'm far from God, you know, the opposite is true. And so with physical, what's interesting is that physical actually influences, is influenced by all the other six key areas. I mean, like radically. So if there's something going on in one of the other key areas, uh, I, it'll show up typically physically for me. And so if I have stress relationally, I'm going to feel it physically. If I have stress financially, I'm going to embody that. If I have stress vocationally, I'm going to embody that. If I have, um, if I have stress, uh, like even spiritually, right? Like um, I'm going to embody that mental stress, emotional stress. I'm going to embody that stress in my body. The hard thing is, is that typically when we have stress in other areas, and then it's in our body, we have a tendency to try to deal with it physically, instead of deal with the idea itself. So if, if, I, if I have a relation problem, I'll deal with it in my body instead of the relationship itself. And I just let it affect me. Some of the ways that this plays out from the different areas that are going on, uh, you know, that we can play out in unhealth uh, instead of solving the issue is like overeating or undereating, right? Those things are all about control. 
I can't control that or I'm stressed or that was really good. So I got to, you know, overeat or undereat or I can't help this thing, but I can control this. And so there's, it comes out in unhealthy ways. There's also self-harm. Some ways there's stress in other areas and there's self-harm that takes place. Um, Then there's exercise addiction. You know, and you're like, hey, if I, I'd love to have that problem, you know, uh, that I just love to work out that much. But, but seriously, though, there is something that's like exercise addiction that is just like, I have to go, go, go. Because it's, again, it's this control thing. And it has to do with other areas focused on that, just not my physical body. And then there's also poor body image, right? If you ever went through middle school, you got it, or you had it at one point, you know, it's just like in middle school, it's like things just don't seem to be proportioned, right? You know, in all the other areas. So there's all these different areas that they come out. And so how we see ourselves ultimately is really uh, how we interact with our bodies. Like how um, I remember it took me about a decade to figure out that since I wasn't playing football anymore, that I should probably not and I wasn't working out the way that I did when I played football, I probably shouldn't eat the way that I did when I played football and worked out. Slow learner sometimes, you know? But the funny thing is, is that I saw myself as this football player guy. And I saw myself as like, I got to bulk. I got to bulk. I got to get bigger. And, uh, and it happened, you know? And, and so, so the reality is, is though, is, but after a while, I said, no, actually, who am I? And I started having kids and, and stuff. And I said, actually, I'm, 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 a, I'm a husband. I'm a dad. I'm somebody that wants to live for a really long time. And I influence people and help people. And I'm actually a healthy person. So I changed the way that I worked out. I changed the way that I, that I ate and all those things. And then so it played out differently within my body. Well, our key verse for... Uh, today is actually the verse before our theme verse of our series. And it's actually Romans 12, 1. And it says this, it says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship. And so, um, taking our bodies, like our real bodies, and presenting them to God on purpose, right? Like it's not a mistake or anything else, but it's actually on purpose. That's what we want to do. And so um, when we focus on giving our, our bodies to God on purpose, what Paul's getting at when he says like, in light of what you've seen, or some versions say, in light of God's mercy, or because of all that you've seen, the idea is like you're, you're on a vista. You ever drive on a road and it says Adobe Vista or Arroyo Vista? Well, vista is this idea that you can see there's this great expanse of beauty. Maybe it's over the ocean or maybe it's over a valley or uh, maybe it's up at a mountain. But the idea is, is you can see clearly what's happening. So Paul is saying, now that you see clearly your response, the way that is right or appropriate is to now take your body, the whole self of you, and present it to God as a living sacrifice. Not as something that is like offered and then it's done, but live for God. You may have heard people say, well, I'd die for Jesus. The big question is, will you live for Jesus? Will you take this body of yours and will you live in such a way for God for him. And what Paul's talking about now that you see, well, what do you see? You see the mercy of God. And he's referencing back the previous 11 chapters of Romans. Here's some of the themes of the previous 11 chapters of Romans. It talks about the mercies of God. So um, justification from the guilt and penalty of sin. Amen. 
right? That like uh, some people have said it's oversimplified, but it's justified ever, never sinned. It's justified, never done it. That's how God makes it through Jesus. That all the things that I've ever done and will ever do, if I trust in Jesus Christ, those things and the guilt and the penalty of those things is gone through Jesus Christ. Man, I could stop at just that. How should I live? How should I present my body and live my life just at knowing that? And then the adoption in Jesus and identification with Christ and that we're placed under grace, not law, right? It's not about my performance, but it's about just the free love of God in spite of how good or bad I've been. Unmerited favor from God. Um, giving us the Holy Spirit to come and live within us, it talks about in the previous 11 chapters. Uh, The promise of help and affliction. And so even when I'm going through times, God is there to help. The assurance of a standing in God's election. Uh, The confidence of coming glory that, you know, hey, things are tough sometimes, but ultimately where this train is headed, the place that it's going to stop and go is a place of glory. And glory is the things of God filled with. So even though we go through hard times and there's hard things that we go through, this train is absolutely going to a place where things are as they're supposed to be. And then also too, confidence of no separation from the love of God. Like, you know, what can separate us from the love of God? And it goes through this list and absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing, including you, including you. The question is, is whether you receive it, right? His love is there at the door knocking always, but it's whether we open up. And so confidence in God's continued faithfulness as well. And then the last thing I want you to think about with this idea of, um, of like, uh, of doing this on purpose with your body, like your real physical body, because it's, it's easier to say, well, I worship God with my spirit and I worship here. But like, if I'm going to take my body and worship God, that's why it's so helpful. Like you may see people like, well, why does somebody put their hands up when they worship? Because I'm taking the whole of me, like even my body. And I'm saying, God, I'm lifting it up for you. And you say, well, you look silly, right? It's not about me. It's about God. You know, why do people maybe get on their knees or get on their face? Because the posture of our bodies it helps the rest of us. It influences the rest of us to say, this is my, the expression of my heart that comes out. Or, or if you've ever seen somebody be the waiter, right? Like, you know, like they're carrying the trays, right? You know, when they're in worship, you know, what's the waiter over there doing? Well, no, this is, this is like an expression of Lord. I, I just, I open hands. I surrender my life, my heart, everything. You know, this, this is what I have. You know, this is what I have. And I, I remember when I was a football coach, in San Diego, I remember worshiping and um, I was still a new Christian, hadn't been around church that much in early 20s and um, still learning how to worship and follow and whatever. And I remember seeing one of the, the young men that I coached, like during worship, he, he just did this, you know, like hand on my heart, like, God, I'm, I'm you know, I'm just like, and I, I just, I need you, God. Here's my heart. Here's everything. And I'm just like, yeah, and I, you know, like that, that expression. So our bodies, we involve in the worship of God and absolutely everything we do. Um, and so, but it, what it says though, is it says about like, is a holy sacrifice. And so right away, you're kind of like, okay, Cody, you're losing me. I got to be holy now. Well, here's the problem. The Bible says that you are holy. And so the journey of Christianity is here's all these things that God declares about you in my belief. When it says, I believe is now I 
join with that truth that God says that I am. It's like when you get on a plane. When you get on a plane, like when we go home to San Diego, when we get on a plane, it, the airport in Missouri here, we get on a plane and it's as if we're already there because that's the next place we're going to walk on the ground. So when you decide to follow in Jesus, there's all these truths of where you're traveling and you're on the vessel going to that place. And so this idea of holy is a hard one because you may have been around some people that have tried to be holy. You know, it, like the Bible says they're holy and, and they're trying to be holy, but you're like, I'm not sure that's it. You know, like, I'm not sure that that kind of that I, you may be holy, but like you stink to everybody else. Right? Like, like what you're doing here, like that's cool for you, but like, this is bad. And so the idea of holiness, it, it may be helpful to you. Because when people try to be holy, say, okay, I'm supposed to be a holy sacrifice. How do I do this? A lot of times it's this, now I start working to like clean myself up. And I, I, I can't, that's dirty. They're dirty. I'm, you know, like, it's what, like we looked about last week with the Pharisees, right? Nothing unclean could come near them. So here's what may be helpful. If you look back at the Old Testament, they had a temple that they would worship in. And there was articles or elements or uh, different utensils that they would use in the worship of Yahweh. And they would be of different metals, gold or, or um, uh, copper, or silver, or brass, any of these different metals. And they were real specific about these. And, and they would also make sacrifices. If you were going to make a sacrifice, you had to take a pure spotless animal and make that sacrifice, right? So the idea of holy is being set apart for. In other words, it has a purpose. So think of like some tongs that maybe they used, you know, in the worship or maybe a spoon or an element. It would call that thing holy. Why? Because its purpose was to take part in the worship of Yahweh. And so when you think of you being holy, don't focus on so much of like, okay, I've got to be pure. I've got to keep pure. I've got to do this. I've got to like, that's focus on that. Focus on the fact of what you're made for. Like get caught up in that and go do that. In other words, do the purpose that you were made for, which is you're a worshiper of God. You're a worshiper of Jesus. And so if you say to yourself, this is what I'm for, well, then that's what you're going to do. But if you focus on making yourself that, you can't do it, number one. It only happens through Jesus. And so you are holy people. Man, you, you thought this morning you were just you. But you're holy. As long as you're wrapped up in your purpose of worshiping God. And as you do that, you're holy, you're set apart. And so you take your life and focus on that. Now, um, the next thing is, is that we can do is giving your body to God in health. Okay, so how do I do this health thing? Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a struggle. You know, Psalm 24 verse 1 uh, says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. So what is the focus there? The focus is, is that you're God's. He made you and he bought you if you follow Jesus Christ. And so what that means is, is that it's all about stewardship. And so you've been given a body and I understand like, you'd be like, yeah, I wanted a different model, you know, like, you know, I, I want, I want what they got, you know, like it, you got the body you got. Okay. God didn't make any mistakes. 
And so, but now you steward it. And so it's something that's a gift and it's God's. And it's a tent that you've been given to live in for a period of time. And so now you're to steward it. And so um, also too, the New Testament has this idea like your life is not your own. Like it was bought with a price. And so we think differently because we're Jesus Christ now. And so uh, what do we need? Well, we need sleep. The experts say you need seven to eight hours of sleep. Okay. This is a personal struggle for me because at a young age, like I started staying up late and like, I'm super productive, like between the hours of 10 and three. You know, I mean, I'm just like, I can get some stuff done. You know, some of, all right, some of my people here, right? And, but here's the problem is, is I've gotten older, is that then I get up later and also between 10 and three, I eat poorly. And it's, so it's, a, it's actually a, uh, a, a, a habit that actually affects other things in my life. It's, it's a disproportionate habit. And so I'm more and more toning back where I'm going to bed earlier so that I can get this hours of sleep. Uh, here's some of the benefits of, of sleep. Uh, you get sick less often. Uh, you stay at a healthy weight. Uh, you lower your risk for serious health problems like diabetes and heart disease. You reduce stress and improve your mood. Uh, you think more clearly and do better in school and at work. And you get along better with people. This week I had an interaction and I only got like four or five hours of sleep the night before because I was working on something, doing something. And then all of a sudden I was in interaction and I um, totally just like said things that I, that I, the way that I said them wasn't right because I couldn't manage myself because I was exhausted. Ever been there? Right? Uh, and so it, all of a sudden you do stuff like that. Well, what did I just do? What did I just say? And it's because you didn't get the sleep that you needed. Now, Psalm four, verse eight says, uh, I, in peace, I will lie down and sleep for you alone. O Lord will keep me safe. I love this scripture. I love it because it is saying like surrender to me in sleep. Like that's, I think one reason that I don't is like, I have to surrender like, okay, God, here's my day. Here's my life. I'm going to the next one. And I'm just surrendering my day and all that I am to you and allowing you to work. Uh, now the next area is, uh, is diet. So, uh, Psalm, uh, uh, or Proverbs 23, 16 says, uh, do you like honey? Don't eat too much. And the answer is yes. Yeah. Amen. Uh, don't eat too much or it will make you sick. So um, we need, uh, like we need vegetables, you know, in our life. You know, we need uh, fruit. Uh, we need water. We need carbs. We need protein. I'm not sure that we need the extra sugar, you know, in those things that comes, I, I, like I, everything I've read that we don't need those. We enjoy them in those things. Um, and the physicians in the room can say amen or say, that's what I tell you guys. Um, but, and then also the over-processed things, right? Now, uh, 1 Corinthians six twelve says, you say I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. So that's the key right there. Like we have uh, so many different things that we can eat and, and different things that we can enjoy and do those things. And yes, like if you have the money to buy things or, um, 
uh, or somebody else has them, a neighbor or friend, like you can eat pretty much whatever you want. But the question is, is it wise? Like, is that a wise thing to do, um, you know, with, with diet? Um, because they're just like, there's laws of gravity. There's laws of, um, of food, right? Like, is this healthy? Is this fueling me? That's what's helped me is, is like, you know, what's the fuel that I'm living off of? And I can tell the difference if I'm eating things that have, you know, good nutrients and, and, um, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're dense and the nutrients that we need for our bodies and those things. And, and I can tell the difference. I, I, I show up sharper mentally. I show up sharper in, in being, uh, with people and understanding and, and I have a better outlook. And when I, uh, like honey too much, uh, you know, then I, I, I know that too, um, uh, what happens. And so, uh, the next thing, uh, is exercise. And so second Timothy two, five says, and athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And so again, there's a, there's, there's rules that God said, like if we want to be healthier physically, <coughs> well, then there's exercise. And it's not that we want, have to be like super crazy about, um, you know, the exercise and be addicted to it and those things, but actually very small efforts with exercise make a huge difference. Um, for instance, um, 30 minutes walking a day does all of this. Uh, improve your mood, maintain healthy weight, reduce chronic, chronic disease risk, improves your digestion, reduces anxiety. Uh, actually, with the anxiety one, 10 minutes does that, studies show. That if you just go take a 10-minute walk and just kind of go for it, it will reduce your anxiety. Um, which is key during this time, right? Like anxiety has been rampant, uh, you know, with everything that's going on. Um, uh, you know, boost, it boosts your immunity, uh, which is important during this time of pandemic. And then also helps your cardio, cardiovascular health. And so with exercise, like I would encourage you just have something that you do, like schedule it, right? Like schedule that and just say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break a sweat or I'm just going to, I'm going to walk or I'm going to do something like once a day. And, and just go for it. Take 30 minutes. It'll absolutely transform your life. It's not about like, you know, having the perfect body or anything like that. Um, you know, you will someday, you know, um, you know, you will someday, uh, you know, that's the promise too, that you'll have a new heavenly body, you know, and some people have heavenly bodies here and, and, you know, all of us will have heavenly bodies when it's all said and done through Jesus. Amen. Right. And so, but, uh, you know, it's just have something that cares for this. Because again, it'll flow into the rest of other areas of your life. Now, the, the next thing is, um, is prayer, silence, solitude, reading, and hobbies uh, in health. Is, is so like all of these things um, are just ways of, of caring for your physical body. Like you need them. Uh, and they affect that. Because what we've seen as we've prayed for people for healing of sickness or disease or pains or different things, what we've seen is that many times the pains and the, the things that people have, unless they're injuries, right? There's times that there's injuries. We've seen God heal injuries and those things. Remember the, one of the first times I prayed for somebody, we were at camp and this, this uh, woman uh, hurt her ankle and sprained it and she was down. Like she was in pain all the place. Bunch of us, hey, let's pray. Prayed for her. 30 seconds later, she's like back up just going after. I mean, she was hurting. The thing was tweaked. The thing was swelling. Swelling went down. It was gone, right? That's an injury. But when it comes to our hurts and pains like back or, or sometimes gut issues or, or headaches or different things, sometimes those things are 
um, are because of like our system here, like our system's off. There's other things affecting it. Uh, I know uh, one of the biggest examples I've talked about before is there was a woman that we prayed for that we, we prayed. There was a bunch of us praying for, and uh, she had a, a, a bulging disc uh, in her, in her back. And, and uh, it was just horrible pain, just always messed with her. And, and uh, you know, and we prayed, prayed, nothing was happening. She didn't experience any relief of the pain. And, and I got a word and I said, I'm hearing the word disappointment. And as soon as I said that, she just like broke. And she's, she's like, that's it. I look at my life and I said, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, let's pray again. And we prayed and, and, and this is, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, as far as I know, her back's never returned the pain. Like, and it was that she, she had to let that go. She surrendered that because her life, she carried it in her back. And so you carry the different emotional things and spiritual things in your body. And so um, these things here, like prayer and rest and silence and solitude and reading and hobbies, these things take pressure off of your body so that you're not owning all of those things, all the stress from those other areas. So a, a key concept is, is if you work with your hands, rest with your mind. And so if your job is a, is a really physical job and, and you're building things and doing things or breaking things or whatever, um, and it's not much mental work, well, rest with your hands. So when you're off, a way for you to rest is, is, is to do a project. Uh, you know, hop in and do a project or clean something up or build something or do something or, or work in the yard. Uh, but if you work with your mind, I'm sorry, I'm switching around. If you work with your, I'm, I'm getting, you guys get the point. I've got it all switched around. I'm confusing myself. You get it, right? Um, if you work with your hands, rest with your mind. Like you, if you don't get to read a lot in your job, read and think through things or have a discussion with somebody. And, and the scripture for this is not a scripture. There's tons of scriptures on it, but the scripture is the life of Jesus. You know, Jesus was never in a hurry. You just don't see him in a hurry. You see him focused. You see him driving towards places and things but it's because the timing was right. And so Jesus was a completely unanxious, just focused person. And he would take times away. There'd be huge crowds and he'd say, and he'd get away and just be with the father. He'd just get away and be with his father and just be with him. He'd get filled up, he'd surrender, and then he'd go back to what he's doing. And he experienced play and experienced rest and you know hobbies and all these different things uh, for our lives. Like for me, I, I'm not a great rester, but I found that um, I, if I do projects, like I cleaned off my workbench this week in my, in my garage, and it feels so good. Um, the different hobbies that I have or I've thought of having is like I want to become a yard guy. I'm going to get my yard looking really good. I've done that some, um, but the one I've picked up this winter is uh, we have this food dehydrator, and it was given to us 13 years ago. And we, we, we used it once. We had these cherry trees when we lived in Colorado. And so we took these cherries. We we're going to make fruit leather. And it turned out horrible. Like it just like it was it looked like blood, just like dried blood, you know, and just like. So we looked at it. We're like, I'm not tasting that. It was just like it was so thin and nasty. We're just like so we didn't use the thing for 13 years. And then Michelle used it like a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that. And so I, I went and bought some some meat and I, I made jerky like homemade jerky. And it was so good. So good. I made a pepper one, other one. So that's kind of my hobby and it helps me rest. It's something others. It makes it, you see, if you, if you rest in a different way than what you do for work, it makes it so you're not one dimensional. Like you have something else about you in your life. And so now the last thing you guys is 
giving your body to God in sickness. And so Paul's struggle with the thorn in the flesh is shown in 2 Corinthians 12, 6 through 9, 8 through 9. It says, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away, this infirmity that he had. Uh, he had something wrong. And in, 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 uh, some people think it was maybe his eyesight. He wanted his eyesight to change. Um, it was a problem with his eyesight. But because uh, at some places he says, I wrote this with my own hand. And so they're thinking he couldn't see correctly. Um, but it says each time he said, in other words, God says back to Paul, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ for when I am weak, then I am strong. And so that's a reality too, that we've been given these physical bodies and, and some of our, our, like our health physically isn't, is something out of our control. Like, you know, we end up with, uh, you know, we end up with a disease, we end up with cancer, we end up with uh, a sickness, that sort of thing. Um, uh, so there's an accident, there's an injury. And so now our body doesn't work the way it's supposed to. We experience pain. Some people have uh, chronic pain where, um, you know, they, it's always with them. Uh, some people suffer from migraines and those things. And, and, um, and, and I, I want to preface with that when I talk about healing. We pray and we do that by faith. But, uh, you know, we, God heals and does those things. But um, it's not, some people get healed, some people don't. That's the tension. Because the kingdom is here, but not in its fullness. And so we always pray, but some stuff, for whatever reason, continues on. And so people experience real stuff. And then obviously you can imagine if somebody has chronic pain or, or an illness or, um, or cancer, or those sort of things, I mean, that absolutely just runs into every area of your life, into your relationships and possibly you can't work and finances and, uh, you know, uh, vocation. Uh, I mean, everything, right? Relationships, the stress of that. And so in our weakness in our health, God still says, now, even in your pain and your weakness, like Paul, let me be your strength. Because so much of our lives are about like, well, I'm going to be strong. And God says like, hey, the problem, some of us today, here's the word. It's not the problem is that you're too strong. You're not strong enough. It's that you're too strong. Like you're so self-sufficient. You're so good at meeting your needs. You're so good at, at trying to be physically strong and doing it that the Lord says, hey, can you let me be strong for you? Like, it's not about you ratcheting it up or pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Like, will you let me be strong for you? Will you let me show strength to you and meet you in this time, in your time of weakness? And we have a, we have a story that we're going to watch. And so let's watch this together. A really good way, I think, to very shortly describe a very long story is I've essentially been a frog in warm water that's gone to boiling, and it just kind of exploded um, at the end of 2019 and into 2020. What started as just some random symptoms um, kind of escalated and more random symptoms were added to it and a lot of just confusion and you know life going on through all of that between having a little kid and then having a baby and you know my second baby and um, working and you know moving and all the things because what she was dealing with 
wasn't real visible and we didn't understand it well enough to talk to anybody else. It kind of felt like there wasn't anyone else involved. So as she wanted to think through what she was dealing with and just have someone to talk to um, for a lot of reasons this year, it was, it was pretty much me. And, and that was, as, as the year, year went on, that started to feel pretty tiring to just continually be that, that confidant, that cheerleader to try to talk her, you know, this, is, this can still get better, don't give up kind of thing. I think that the most challenging issue has been insomnia. Um, because when you don't sleep, everything is hard very very hard <laughs> and you can go through that for a little while um but then you know when it's night after night after night and you're in a season it just it really catches up with you trying to to give her more space to rest um and she didn't have as much energy so i was picking up a lot more of you know i i'm a lot better at brushing hair than i was um still not a good braid but working on it uh and and just trying to take care of as much stuff around the house as I could. A really good friend of mine came to Kansas City. While she was here, she um, prayed over me and she prayed Psalm 23. She prayed, the Lord is Heather's shepherd. She shall not be in want. He lays her down in green pastures, finds her calm pools to drink from and refreshes her soul. True to his word, he lets her catch her breath and sends her in the right direction. Even when Heather walks through dark valleys, she will not be afraid because he is walking with her and is faithful. His rod and his staff comfort Heather and make her feel secure. He serves Heather a six-course dinner right in front of her enemies. He lifts up her weary head and overfills her cup with blessings. His beauty and love chase after Heather every day of her life. Heather will live in the house of the Lord forever. I'm like, just so moved by that, that I'm like, I wanna pray that for my girls, you know, people that I care, I wanna pray that for friends. And so I felt so moved by it. I prayed it for my girls over them. And then I painted it on the wall of the stairs. They, their bedroom's downstairs, so they walk up and down the stairs every day. And. Um, you know, at the time when she prayed that, the line, true to his word, he lets her catch her breath and sends her in the right direction. Um, that just really resonated because I felt like that weekend that she came down was him letting me catch my breath because um, it had just been a lot. And um, I really felt like I caught my breath just with time with a good friend. And... Um, that he, I, I was getting ready to go to a doctor's appointment and um, I felt like that that was the right direction. So I was really hopeful going to that and it just brought me a lot of peace. Why would I not tell this story? Like, what would possibly come from not telling it? Like, I feel God like saying, share the story and be as honest as you can be um, because that's where he's in the waiting and that's where he's at like when people are honest and open and real and that's one of the things that i love about the vineyard is we pray um, we pray for each other with each other um, and he calls us to do that um, at the des moines vineyard they would say it like every sunday 
the best offer you're going to get all week or the best offer you can give anyone all week is seven words. Can I pray for you right now? And I love that because it's such a call to action. Um, and I, I'm not perfect at that by any means. I, I hope that I get better, but you know, right here, right now, like pray. And you know, where two or more are gathered, right? Like pray at small group, pray in church. Like, you know, you ask somebody how they're doing and they actually give you a real answer, stop and pray. Yeah, isn't that good? Isn't that powerful when, uh, when, her, when her friend, you know, like prayed Psalm 23? And it was just this, this realization of like, my body is surrendered to the Lord. You know, you may not have like thought about your body, your physical health, your body that way before, but the Lord is, is, is um, uniquely involved in that. And so uh, the prayer may be like, you know, Lord, um, I invite you into uh, my physical health. You know, what, what do you think about my health, Lord? What do you think about my body? What do you think about these issues, these struggles that I have? Um, and then this week, think through like, um, you know, what area, like maybe there's one of these areas like purpose. I could never thought about that before. Like my purpose is to be holy, but I'm not going to get all crazy and like, okay, I'm going to make myself this. It's like, I already am. And so I'm going to be that purpose of the Lord. And that includes my body. Like I'm, I'm going to live for Jesus. And then health, maybe it's, it's, there's something to do with health to make some changes. Um, maybe it's a change in thinking. And then, and if there's sickness, it's inviting the Lord into that. Uh, it's inviting the Lord into that and saying, Lord, would you, would you come in and be with me in this? And then maybe there's a three month goal, you know, as far as physical health that you could come into. Thanks for listening this week. If you are looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, go to vkcwest.com.